Hey y'all, Bevan Mitchell here, your host of Bridge Patrol. We are so excited to have you back for episode two. If you didn't join us last time, we are stoked to have you listening this time. This podcast is all about connecting and engaging women or any new hunter into the hunting community. I myself am a novice hunter, so we will be taking this journey together. You can reach out to us at any time on Insta at Ridge Patrol or on Gmail, ridgepatrol at gmail.com. Again, we are starting from the very beginning. Our first podcast explained how to get your hunter's education certification. We posted some resources on our website for you to check out. And if you need any additional help, just feel free to email us or reach out to us on Insta. We are always open to any questions you might have. We literally are taking this step by step. So if you are already a hunter, this might be old news and maybe a good re-education on what it's like to be a beginner. As mentioned last time we talked about Hunter's Education course, we also explain why hunting is important for the environment and some reasons why you should take the leap to this journey to hunt. So check that out if you haven't listened. In this episode, we're going to talk about the different types of hunting and the different types of weapons you can use. It is really easy to get overwhelmed by the different types of game hunting, and I am here to help you navigate and we'll learn together. I know I keep saying this, but I am a novice hunter. Believe me when I say I have never shot any game before, any animal for that matter. So I'm also trying to navigate and figure out the best way to start. And I will share with you as I pick my first hunt. To begin, we're going to talk about the different types of hunting and some examples of each. I'm going to break it down into four main categories. In different states, these will get lumped together or broken out, but for the purposes of a beginner and learning, we're going to start with four different categories of hunting. This will be a short overview of each, and then in podcasts in the future, we're going to break each category down into much more detail. Starting with the first one, big game. This one, I would say the average person has most knowledge on, mainly because of the deer and elk and the popularity of these big game animals. Not only the popularity in hunting, but also the average person has probably seen them in person, running across the road or in their backyard if you're lucky. Hunting these would be considered big game. Big game animals in the U.S. are considered deer. Some examples are whitetail, blacktail, and mule deer. Elk, caribou, pronghorn, mountain goat, Moose, musk oxen, bear, wild boar, bighorn sheep, mountain lion, turkey, and bison. Some states vary what they consider big game. For example, turkeys are considered big game in Colorado, but in other states they're considered small game. Big game hunting represents a big challenge for most and can require multiple attempts. But as I mentioned in the last podcast, hunting is not just about the hunt. It's about connecting with nature and the friends that you hunt with. Even the best hunters have difficulty big game hunting, but if you're persistent, you will prevail. As with each topic, we will dive deeper into big game hunting in another podcast and give you some tips to make your big game hunting trips more productive. The second category is small game hunting. Small game hunting is an easy entry point, a great way to get your feet wet and to get started on your hunting journey. While bagging a deer or elk is a great way to fill your freezer for the year, 
stacking up a bunch of small game and upland birds adds a lot of variety to your diet. And because small game hunting is easier to learn, generally less expensive and more accessible than big game hunting. Many new hunters recognize that the value of a limit of squirrels or rabbits. Small game would be considered pigeon, grouse, sandhill crane, raccoon, skunk, and as mentioned before, squirrels and rabbits. Again, a little more accessible to a novice hunter and really great to start here and then work your way up if you're ultimately interested in the big game. I would also say that a novice hunter, it would be more likely that you would be able to spend one day and be able to actually take home a squirrel or rabbit and cook it that very night for dinner, which is a big win for a beginner. The third category we're gonna talk about is upland game birds of North America. The nice thing about birds is they don't vary in size or trophy quality near as much as the big game animal. So they don't offer the antlers like the elk or the horns like the, the ram. But what they do offer, which is especially nice for a novice hunter, is quantity. So if you go to the right place at the right time, you can see action all day. So you will have many chances. Additionally, the quantity element of upland hunting isn't limited to just the number of birds you can see in a day. There are also a ton of different birds you can hunt all over the United States. And this can give you the opportunity to explore different areas of the country, which is super cool. So upland birds include grouse, ptarmigan, which is in the grouse family, pheasant, dove, quail, pigeon, woodcock, chucker, and partridge. This category in the waterfowl really intrigued me. Not because it's the easiest, I think it's actually probably a little harder, but the numbers are there. So if you go to the right place, you can have a lot of opportunity, which every new hunter needs. And then last but not least, we have the waterfowl birds. And this is duck, which is multiple species, and we'll dive into this in another podcast. Geese, also a few species, and swan. Waterfowl definitely depends on the water. You can find ducks and geese away from it at times, um, but you also find them in it or in areas right along the water throughout the hunting season. Waterfowl also differs a little bit from upland hunting because it has flyaways. So flyaways are the north-south routes ducks and geese migrate along every year. There are four major flyaways in North America. So these would be Pacific, Central, Mississippi, and Atlantic. And some types of waterfowl live and travel along all of them. So as I mentioned before, waterfowl hunting does not have to be on the water. There is crop fields where ducks, Canadian geese, snow geese, and cranes are often there in open fields so they can fly in and feed. So as I said, birds really intrigue me as a novice hunter. One, because you typically have a bigger bag limit, and two, because there are usually more of them. I also know they are pretty difficult to shoot because they are a moving target, but if you master the waterfowl category, I think it puts you in a really good position for moving to big game. So these four categories are some examples of popularly hunted animals. I did not mention all the animals you could possibly hunt, but they are inclusive of a lot of them. And the ones I left off are fur bearers, which would be beaver, fox, pine marten, and bobcat, non-game predators, which would be wolf, coyote, and in some states, mountain lion. Colorado mountain lion 
is considered big game. And if you've never shot an animal before, a small game, to me, what I think would be the best way to get your feet wet. So we will dive into small game in our next podcast. Another thing you need to decide before your hunting journey is what type of weapon you'll use. Will you use a rifle, a muzzleloader, or a bow? A rifle might be easier unless you have already shot bows in your life. This is always dependent on the person. Either one you choose, you'll need to decide what type of bow or rifle would be best, depending on what type of animal you're going to begin your hunting journey with. And then you can get your weapon dialed in. So this isn't just an overnight thing. You can't just go buy a weapon go shoot an animal. <laughs> and then what is the difference between a rifle, a muzzleloader, and, bow hunt, and a bow? So we're going to start with a rifle. As I mentioned before, rifle hunting for beginners may be a little bit easier than bow hunting. It is generally easy to get to grips with a rifle and also possibly to make that shot. The other nice thing is that there's possibly a little less gear. I think there's a little less gear. You can argue either way. But if you start simple, there will be slightly less gear. Rifle hunting often also allows you to take down only one animal, and this is mainly due to the noise that you're going to make. The noise will often scare off any other animals in the area. So if you're wanting to take down multiple animals, this could be a good reason to bow hunt. Rifle hunting also has a little more room for air. So an example of this would be if you're shooting a turkey with a shotgun with five or six shot can offer a little more room on accuracy due to the pellets that are contained in the shotgun shell. And we'll talk about this more in another episode. But basically, it just shoots out a ton of pellets. So if you're a little bit off by like an inch, maybe two inches, you still have a good potential of killing that animal, that turkey. And it's a good idea to go to the range with an instructor or friend that is a hunter. At the range, you can give yourself the opportunity to try out different rifles, different bullets, and even have someone give you a lesson so that you have the opportunity to learn all of the gun safety in person, which is super important. It is one of the most important parts of hunting. You absolutely do not want an accident in the field because you did not know the rules of gun safety. So on a gun, you need to understand the barrel, the shaft, the chamber, the bolt, the sight, the trigger, and the butt. And the rules that are, for me, very important for gun safety is number one, eyes and ears. So rule number one is to always bring eye protection and ear protection when shooting. Number two is we do not trust our safeties. Always keep the barrel pointing downrange towards the target away from people. As a precaution, you always leave the bolt open regardless of the safety. This is a machine we're dealing with, and any machine can malfunction, so you just never count on safety alone. Number three, try try and shoot in different distances, because out in the field, in different distances and different stances, because out in the field, you could be sitting, laying, standing, kneeling, 20 yards, 50 yards, whatever that may be. And then number four, you want to lean into the shot, especially when you're standing, especially women, we have a tendency to lean back. You want to lean into it. It's kind of like when you're running. You are supposed to lean a little bit forward and into the run versus back. 
Number five, snug the shotgun into your shoulder. So there's a little pocket in your shoulder. You just snug it in there nice and tight. It will give you a better aim and more security when you're shooting. Number six, practice putting the safety on and off. And also practice your finger position. If you're pointing at the target with an empty gun, you could just point the target with an empty gun and practice this position over and over again to get used to it because you want to be very fast when you're hunting. Number seven, always make sure the gun is empty after you've shot and, and especially when you're handing it off to someone else. Never pass a loaded gun. And number eight, practice, practice, practice. Practice a ton. Practice getting comfortable holding the gun, shooting the gun. Practice how you would be in the field. Just practice everything over and over again. So the type of rifle you buy will depend on the type of hunting you want to start with. When you dive deeper into different types of game, we will also dive deeper in the weapons for each. It won't hurt to start going to the range and getting familiar with different types of guns and how they feel in shooting. It takes some time in getting used to shooting different rifles, so the more you can practice now, the better you will be in the long run. Our next topic will be bow hunting. Bow hunting allows you to get up close and personal with nature. It also allows you to get in touch with the primal essence of the sport. Aim and accuracy are a bit more important with bow hunting than it is with rifle hunting because there is less room for error. And don't get me wrong, aim and accuracy is also very important with rifle hunting. You will probably find that your hunting equipment list is a little bit longer than your hunting equipment list for a bow versus a rifle, but it's up in the air at this point. Accuracy is super important with a bow because if you hit the animal in the wrong spot and it doesn't kill it, this is not good. You have to be smart and only take the shot if you are absolutely certain you can make it and kill the animal. Bow hunting begins and ends with safety. This is the same with rifle hunting. As always, safety first. The danger factory in archery is high, especially with the power of today's compound bows, razor sharp broadheads, and other materials. Bow hunting can get treacherous through negligence, ignorance, and complacency. Therefore, aspiring bow hunters should definitely enroll in a bow hunter education safety course. So most states don't require this, but if you're a novice and want to start with bow hunting, this is really a must. Knowledge is power and safety, and you want safety on your side for sure. And just like with hunter's ed, if you want to bow hunt in states that require certified training, you'll be all set. Another good practice will be to visit and get to know your local bow shops and archery clubs. Pros who work at the bow shops and hang out at clubs generally have good knowledge of archery and bow hunting. And it's a, it's a good thing to tap into these resources. You get lots of local wisdom, and I'm sure they love to talk about their sport. Like with any shop, they're there to help, so take advantage of this. They can also point you towards programs that might help you in your bow hunting journey. Or maybe they even teach lessons. Who knows? There is a lot of bow hunt. There is a lot to bow hunting. So we'll get to more detail in an upcoming pod podcast. But for now, I'm going to give you a little more information on the actual gear list. So the things that you that are important for bow hunting that you'll need almost immediately are bow, fletched arrows, quiver, release, sight, arrest, a D loop, peep sight field points, broadheads, allen wrenches, and broadhead wrenches. 
So once you have all of this and have your bow dialed in, the secondary items that are helpful to have, not a necessity, are a target, which is also nice for a rifle or targets based on your animal, bow case, bow sling, a rangefinder, which this is also another nice to have to have with your rifle if you're rifle hunting as well, so you can tell how far the target is, and a stabilizer. And you can try all of these things out at your archery club. So practice really makes perfect with bow hunting and with rifle hunting. So if you decide you want to bow hunt, practice. Practice will be your best friend. So similar to hunting with a rifle, you want to start going to the range now and practicing and getting lessons, whatever you can do to start learning. Then once you get more comfortable with a bow, you can decide what type works best for you and what type you want based on the animal you're going to start hunting with or hunting for. And we'll post more resources on the site for a novice bow hunter. And again, more detail to come in a future podcast. Last but not least, we have muzzle loading. I had never heard of muzzle loader before until Kevin, my fiance, mentioned muzzle loading season, which happens to be a few weeks into bow season. Basically, what that means is it is better to get your elk in archery season before this starts because the muzzle loaders are very loud and they can startle and scare the elk. To explain what it is in case you are like me, it is any firearm that you load from the end of the barrel where the projectile exits, which is called the muzzle. So you also learn this in hunter's education because I learned it when I did my hunter's education course. So, and this could be a rifle, a shotgun, or a pistol or a revolver. For our purposes, we'll focus on rifles because that will be what you hunt with. So to get started, you will need to get acquainted with rifles. Like we talked about above in the rifle section, safety first and practice, practice, practice. Getting yourself familiar with the different types of muzzle loaders and shooting them to get used to using them will be important just like with any other weapon. So the things that you need to get started are a black powder gun, the actual powder, bullets and primers, special operation and maintenance supplies, and general firearm supplies. So for this section, we're going to keep it short and simple. So just four quick tips for you to remember about muzzle loaders. Number one, you would make sure to clean your muzzle loader before taking it out hunting and then immediately after shooting it once or twice in the field. If it isn't clean, this can result in the gun not being able to break open and potentially messing up your gun. So you definitely want to make sure that it's clean. Number two, you want to choose your shot carefully. So muzzleloader, you most likely will only have one shot opportunity. So you want to wait until an ideal shot presents itself. So don't take any chances there. Number three, moisture causes misfires. So if you're hunting in cold weather, make sure to keep your rifle cold. If you bring it inside, that changes the temp and can cause condensation and dampening of your powder or pellet. This is not good at all. Number four, make sure you understand muzzleloading safety and have taken a safety course or had a lesson on a muzzleloader safety. This is very important as a novice. If you are really wanting to get into muzzleloaders, it's kind of like the bow. You want to take a lesson and a safety course. At the end of the day, all guns are dangerous. If not treated with, with respect and care, 
And with muzzle loaders, you need to be even more cautious when handling. So there is a fact much more you need to consider when hunting with a front-loading firearm. If you are going this route, you really need to make sure you have time with a professional to help you move through this journey. We will go into much more detail about each of these types of game animals in the podcast to come. The starting point would be to pick your animal, if that's a rabbit or a deer, then dig in a little more to this particular animal. Maybe picking an animal based on where you live so you can get out more to scout and stalk your prey. And then you can also figure out the best spots to go or even tag along with a friend who hunts. Once you pick your animal, then you can decide the weapon and which weapon would be best for this particular animal or animals that you're choosing to start with. If you're uncertain about the weapon, go to the range and the archery club and shoot both. See what you like better before you decide. This might take some time, but definitely well worth the effort. It's always good to practice and try it before you make the final decision on the weapon of your choice. This will also make your hunting experience so much better because maybe you were meant to shoot a bow and arrow your entire life. So we really hope this has helped you get a few steps closer to figuring out what animal you plan to start hunting and the type of weapon you would like to use. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this will help you in your journey to hunt or getting outdoors. Again, we will dive into each of these topics in much more detail in the coming weeks. If there is a particular topic you want to hear about, please email us and we will be sure to cover it. Have an awesome day and look forward to having you listen to our next episode where we will dive into small game and gear you need to get started on your journey to hunt.